0: Easter dirt racing, Netflix imploding, the libs of TikTok, an iPhone headstone, and a whole lot more on today's edition of the Random Thoughts Podcast. And welcome to episode number 184 of the Random Thoughts podcast. That is R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com online. I am your host, Darren O'Neill. I hope everybody had a great Easter. We got together with the family, watched some baseball, ate a lot of food, including some awesome cheesecake from the Carnegie Deli. Legendary in New York and grocery stores worldwide, I guess now. They've mainly gone to mail order kind of stuff, but good cheesecake nonetheless. Then came home, watched the NASCAR dirt race from Bristol, which was interesting. It's been paying a lot of uh, attention to either Major League Baseball or NASCAR the last few years, but I mean, there's only so many reruns of old television shows I can watch. So I've seen a few. Of the NASCAR races. And the opener of the season was at the Los Angeles Coliseum, but it was on a paved surface, but a quarter mile track, which is way shorter than NASCAR normally runs on. Bristol was one of the most fun races I remember watching when Dale Earnhardt was around. It's a half mile track, high banks. And of course, they decided to try last season and this season, putting dirt down over the surface to make everything really dirty, I guess is the main thing. Dirt racing, if you're not familiar, is a different beast and usually you're running in different cars. They're the vehicles with the really big wings on the back and they go into the corner and they intentionally go sideways And drift their way through the corner. The big, heavy NASCAR vehicles are not really meant for that. I mean, they put on an interesting show, but it wasn't the best racing. And I would hope they would get back, like baseball, get back to the basics. As all of these sports want to try and change things in order to allegedly make them better for the current viewing audience for the current fan bases, they end up screwing things up. And I understand the concept. Everybody thinks you have to keep moving forward and you have to keep trying to improve. I'm not sure that is true in a lot of cases. I think baseball pretty much had the right rule set. You didn't need to go into all of the oh, you can't touch the catcher, and oh, if there's a tie game after nine innings, we'll put a guy on second base to start the next inning and do a lot of the stuff they were doing. Some of it they're backing down from. They finally did. I will applaud them, and I know a lot of people who are fans of the National League did not like this change, but this year, all the teams in Major League Baseball have a designated hitter. The pitcher does not hit. And I think it should be the same throughout the whole sport, not American League and National League different because American League and National League teams play each other every day of the season now with interleague play. So the only thing that made sense was for all of the teams to play by the same rules. So that one I'll applaud. I didn't really care which way it went. Watching pitchers bat, Not necessarily an exciting thing, although you have then those pitchers that are able to actually bat and bat well, then they become an even bigger threat. And it does lead to a different amount of strategy in the games. And I don't necessarily think one is better or worse, the DH or non DH. As long as the rules are the same for everybody, I think that's good. So, what's going on? In the real world, that is not in Ukraine or Russia. Netflix. Well, okay, I'm breaking the rule right here because this has a Russia Ukraine connection to it. Netflix stock tumbles 26%. That is a big drop for a company like Netflix. The Reuters article on this says Netflix said inflation, the war in Ukraine, And fierce competition contributed to a loss of subscribers for the first time in more than a decade and predicted deeper losses ahead, marking an abrupt shift in fortune for a streaming company that thrived during the pandemic. According to Reuters, the company said it lost 200,000 subscribers in the first quarter, falling well short of its forecast of adding 2.5 million. So, yeah, that's a big difference. You thought you were going to add 2.5 million more subscribers, and you ended up losing 200,000. I don't know where Netflix keeps thinking the subscribers are going to come from, but a big part of this was Netflix being woke at the expense of their company, at the expense of everybody who holds stock in Netflix. They went woke when Russia invaded Ukraine by deciding that they were going to suspend service to anybody in Russia because the Russian government invaded Ukraine. Now, as a company that makes money off of each one of those subscribers, and there were about 700,000 in Russia, that's a lot of money that you just threw out the window to be woke. I don't know what they think offering Netflix within Russia is going to do or not do or have any effect whatsoever on the Russian government being in Ukraine right now. I don't know, but it is that kind of woke mentality that is hurting the company and hurting a lot of companies around the world right now. They're doing things to virtue signal. They're doing things because they want to be woke. And a lot of the decisions that are being made just don't make sense from a business sense. And when you are playing with people's money, when you are playing with the jobs of your employees, it's not a good idea to go full on woke and turn off 700,000 paying subscribers because of their nationality, because of where they're located. I mean, it's really the truth because anybody could be in Russia. It's just plain stupidity is what that is. I mean, you can't even really make the case that it's racist or anything like that. It's just plain old stupidity when you decide to turn off each one of your paying customers inside of a country. I don't really understand it. Elon Musk, I think, agrees because he tweeted, quote, the woke mind virus is making Netflix unwatchable. And sure, that's also in regards to the programming that Netflix is putting out. There are a bunch of streaming services out there. Netflix was one of the first. I mean, for those of you who may not be old enough, Netflix actually started as a company that would send you DVDs in the mail. I know that seems crazy at the time. It was way easier than going to Blockbuster. They were using the United States Post Office. And really, when you think about it, how much money has the United States Post Office lost due to streaming because they no longer have a deal with Netflix to keep shuttling those DVDs around from place to place all the time? But I think Elon has a point. There is a woke mind virus going on in Netflix. We're seeing that by the fact that they turned off 700,000 people in Russia because of the Ukraine invasion and we see it with the programming that is being put out there I've complained about it enough and Netflix is not alone as far as being a company that is putting out content that is just pushing whatever agenda is the agenda of the day whether it's the green agenda whether it's the LGBTQ agenda all this stuff people are Hired, I believe, of being preached to. People go to Netflix for entertainment. They don't go to Netflix to get preached to. If they want that, there's plenty of places you can go. And it's one of the reasons that I don't think the people in the entertainment industry comprehend reality. Because you're seeing the numbers going down, going down, going down. And they keep doubling down on what they're doing like, well, that can't be the reason. People can't be turning off the television. They can't be not going to the movies because of the woke agendas we're trying to sell them. No, that can't be it. No, no way. The Reuters article says Wall Street sent Netflix's stock tumbling 26% after the bell on Tuesday and he raised about $40 billion. Of its stock market value, since it warned in January of weak subscriber growth, the company has lost nearly half of its value. Half of its value since January of this year. It's not a good time to be a Netflix stockholder. The article says the lagging subscriber growth is prompting Netflix to Consider offering a lower-priced version of their service with advertising, citing the success of similar offerings from rivals HBO Max and Disney Plus, and I think this is going down the exact wrong path. I've talked about this with ads from YouTube, where they're just so annoying, they're just so invasive that it makes the content unwatchable. And I don't think we have a lot of people that are sitting around going, you know, I'm willing to pay you for this streaming service and also watch ads. I think it's a one or the other kind of a thing. And I think there's a lot of people who are more than willing to watch ads if it's a free service, because that is what we are used to. This goes back to over-the-air television. You always had the commercial breaks. So that's nothing new. Of course, as the commercial breaks became more and more time consuming, when a half hour program, rather than having 25 minutes, 26 minutes of programming, and four or five minutes of ads became, well, we've got 22 minutes of programming, or maybe 20 minutes of programming and 10 minutes of ads in that half hour. There is a point where people decide that it's absolutely not worth it. And there are some free services out there with advertising. I personally recently started watching some programs on the Roku channel. And this is a channel, if you have a Roku device, I think you can watch it even if you don't. But if you have a Roku device, it's their channel and it is ad-based. I didn't even realize it was ad-based. When watching a few of the programs between scenes every now and then, You'd see a quick little circle, you know, like when your computer is thinking, you'd see one of those little circles for a brief second and then the content would keep playing. And I was like, well, maybe that's just the way their system has the video files. Maybe they're in little bits and every time you get to a new part of the program, you get that little spinning thing for a second as it loads. And then I realized what that was supposed to be was an ad break. And I was not seeing the ads because I have a pie hole on my computer network, which is a little Raspberry Pi, a little 30, 40, $50 computer, whatever they're selling for now with the software on it to block the IP addresses of known advertisers. And this works better on some sites than others. Some sites try to then cry And pop things up and tell you you can't look at their website because you're using some kind of ad blocking device as of now on the roku channel you can just watch whatever you want without ads and i don't know if it's the same thing with the other ad based things like hbo max and disney plus but if it is then i can see they're probably not making a whole lot of money on ads netflix ceo reed hastings was quoted as saying those who have followed netflix know That I've been against the complexity of advertising and a big fan of the simplicity of subscription. But as much as I'm a fan of that, I'm a bigger fan of consumer choice. And I would say consumer choice is not letting them choose between ads and no ads. I mean, that is some, but where the consumer choice really exists is in the different streaming platforms that are out there. YouTube, for one, has a lot of content. It may not be the shows that you want to watch, and I think we're seeing less and less now that people are going to individual streaming services for an individual show. Disney Plus may be the exception because they own all of the Star Wars franchise stuff, but I think the winning move in this is to give people a service that does not break the bank and gives them the quality programming that they want and the non-woke programming, the non-preaching programming, because people have a lot of choices about where to get their entertainment. You can still get television over the air. If you want to put up a little antenna, they don't even have to be big antennas on the roof anymore for most areas with the digital signal. As long as you can pull them in, the picture will look perfect as long as you're getting a signal. It's not like the old days where there would be snow on the television. I know there's a lot of people like, what do you mean static and snow on the television? The picture should always look perfect, but you have the option to do that. Not that there's a lot of channels. In the -the over-the-air programming but then you have to deal of course with ads but there are a lot of streaming services that you can go to there's a lot of places to go to get your entertainment i think that people are being priced out when all of these things started fragmenting and segmenting where if you want cbs's shows you have to go to their streaming platform whereas at least hulu had multiple networks if you wanted nbc abc and fox i think were the ones along with some other of the non-major broadcast networks they had all the programming from those i think people want a simple one-stop shop and not to have to subscribe to so many different streaming services that you're paying more than you were for a cable bill in the first place especially when the quality of the television programming is so low that it just doesn't make sense. You're not going to put money into it. So anybody making content, stop being woke. And I think everybody will be in a better place. Netflix, turn those people in Russia back on, you know, before your company just totally implodes or maybe you don't care. I don't know. Maybe they're that woke that they don't care. I think Disney is in that place right now. So woke, they don't care. They're just going to make every decision based upon an ideology and think everything's going to be okay. People have a lot of choices for their entertainment. And if you're not giving them what they want at a reasonable price, they will move to content that they can get for free because there is plenty of free content out there, including a lot of podcasts, both video and audio. And people can then decide. How they want to spend their entertainment money. And we hope, of course, that you support your local podcasters, the shows you listen to. The Netflix story is an interesting one because they were one of the big early streamers. And it seems like, unlike in the case of auctions online, where eBay was really the first big one in, and they have been able to continue swatting down anybody that comes through and tries to have a competing service. Amazon, same way, continues slapping down a lot of companies that have come in and tried to compete. Now, there's some brick and mortars that are doing a decent job at competing with Amazon. But Amazon, as far as a strictly internet company, still holding that crown. And when you point to other stores like Walmart or Best Buy or Target, they're all brick and mortar stores who have... Also, an online presence. They're not like Amazon, which is 100% online. Well, almost 100% online. I think Amazon is going to continue moving into brick and mortar now as well. But Netflix had the chance to be one of those big behemoth services. And I think they've really gone down the wrong path on a variety of different issues, including all of the woke programming, but also just not on being able to. License what they want. And all of this fragmentation with the Hulus and the Disney Plus and the Apple TV Plus and the Peacock Network and the Paramount One, whatever that's called. There's so many streaming networks. People just want an easy choice. And I don't think they're going to be getting it anytime soon, which is why so many people spend so many hours staring at little screens on their favorite social media sites. And there was a story that I found to be, of course, hypocritical because when it includes the Washington Post, speaking of Amazon and author of the article, Taylor Lawrence, who you may have heard of because she went nuts not that long ago when she was doxed, her information was given out and she cried and said she had PTSD because every little bit of information she feared about her that was posted to the Internet would be used by just the most worst, horrible people that are out there, just the worst people on the internet were going to use her information to make her life hell. So, of course, why wouldn't she be the author of a story that has doxed the person behind the very popular Twitter account, the libs of TikTok? Which this is an interesting account just because of the fact of what it does and we'll get to that in a second but there's the questions that come up on this are multiple including should people be allowed to be anonymous on the internet and I think the answer to that is yes we have heard a lot of arguments from people who don't believe that to be the case the government of the United Kingdom has floated different laws which would make it illegal to go online without identifying yourself, they believe that would cut down not a lot of the cyber bullying if you believe that's even a thing, and all sorts of different stuff, but this article from The Washington Post, written by Taylor Lorenz, exposed the identity of a woman behind the Twitter account, Libs of TikTok now it didn't even take a whole lot of journalism, because it would seem that this woman has had multiple versions of this same Twitter account and has just changed the name of the Twitter account, which you can do. I've done that on a few accounts myself, had an old podcast that was no longer current, and just changed that name on Twitter to one that reflected a current podcast so you could keep all of those followers and stuff to it. And it seems that's what this woman behind the libs of TikTok did. And when you go back far enough, the account was under her actual name. So It wasn't like there was a whole lot of journalism being done here. And it does beg some interesting questions. If you're posting on any social media site, should people be able to know who is posting? I think It would be nice if they could, but it's also dangerous on so many different levels. And I think that the crap that comes with allowing people to be anonymous is worth it. I do not think we have to get to the point where everybody has to be wide open on the internet as far as who they are. But this libs of TikTok account is a very interesting one to be targeted. And the left wing media absolutely going nuts about this account, including this article in the Washington Post. And if you don't know what this account is, and I don't follow this account, but I was aware of this account because it is, as the article pointed out, that's one thing Ms. Lorenz had right is that the conservative media has been using the post. That have shown up on this libs of TikTok account and blown them up into news stories. And it's a pet peeve of mine because I don't really think that anything posted to social media is worthy of becoming a news story because people just post a lot of stupid stuff to social media. Some of it's meant to be taken more seriously than others, and a lot of times in a short form video. You're missing context. You're not getting the full story. You're not understanding that something's a joke. But what this woman did in this account on Twitter, Libs of TikTok, is looked for insane leftist content on TikTok, which is a cesspool, as we've talked to you many times before about. Find some crazy leftist content on TikTok. Now, I will say more journalism is always needed to verify these things because just because somebody shows up on TikTok and posts a 20 second video, you know, and they've got orange hair and an earring through their nose, and they say they're a radical lesbian and they've got blue hair, does not mean any of that is true. And this is why. Using this kind of stuff as real news, you can put that in air quotes, I think is dangerous. Now, you know, if Kamala Harris or something jumps on TikTok and says something, by all means, you can use that as news content. But some random person posting some video claiming to be something, if you're going to do the legwork and verify this stuff is true, then fine. But people post a lot of crazy stuff. And a lot of it is misinformation. A lot of it is just to get likes. You can go on there and say, I'm a kindergarten teacher and we're teaching the kids about sex today using Barney the purple dinosaur. And I don't know if that's true or not. So again, journalism is needed and journalism is dead. So it's a catch 22. But that's all this account has ever done is take videos that were posted already to TikTok, embed them then in the Twitter account and tell you where you can find them on TikTok. They didn't edit the accounts. They didn't edit the videos, I should say. They didn't change anything about the videos. They just put them out there and showed you what crazy people allegedly on the left are saying. Again, I don't believe anything I see on the internet without verification. I don't believe anything I hear on the internet without verification. But a lot of the stuff that has shown up on this account are surrounding the gay issue, the trans issues, the overall critical race theory issues, all of this stuff. All of the hot button issues are showing up and it was always entertaining if you like to watch train wrecks. To see what's going to be posted. But the reality is, even if everything that was posted to this account was legit, it's from a small, minor subset of society. And I don't think some radical kindergarten teacher in Paducah, Kentucky, is representing the country on a whole. Now, if you're local, you might want to know what's going on. And I think all parents should be involved, know the teachers who are teaching their children. It's always good to go meet with them, get an idea of who they are, and if you're not comfortable with what's going on in the classroom, you take that case to the school board, or you bring your kids home to private school them or you send them to private school. The main thing with this article about the Libs of TikTok account on The Washington Post was the author Taylor Lorenz. A total hypocrite who is doxing somebody for an account that is out there only reproducing content, pointing you to content that is already out there. And I don't know what people think when they post things to the Internet. I know that a few hundred people at the least are going to hear what I say on this show. Now, if I say something absolutely insane that somebody else goes and posts a clip to social media, I understand that it's possible if I go on a racist or sexist or homophobic rant and somebody posts that to social media, millions of people may hear it. So it's important for anybody posting things to the Internet, even if you think, hey, I've only got five friends following me on TikTok. That doesn't mean only those five people are going to see what you post. And once things are posted to the internet, there is no way to keep the genie in the bottle. Things can spread far and wide in a heartbeat. And I think this is what you're seeing here. The left is so mad. And it's kind of funny when you look at it because the left side is mad on this. The lefties, the crazies are mad. Because their side's message is getting out. And if you're mad that somebody else is shining light on your side's message, then there's maybe something wrong with your message. Because if somebody points to my podcast and puts it out there, I'm happy. I want more people to hear this. If these people on TikTok that get captured then on this Libs of TikTok account aren't happy that a bunch of people are seeing what they posted, then why do they post it in the first place? That's what the internet is. It's not a good place. TikTok especially, not a good place. Do not get a TikTok account. Do not pay attention to what people are posting on TikTok. I will never understand the draw of short-form content, except for the fact that it helps these companies sell more ads. Because, oh, look, you watched a 15-second video or listened to a little 15-second audio clip. Now we can give you another little ad in there. Between everything, if we want to. And it's not good. And a long, a connected story, as we were just talking about teachers and understanding what's going on in the classrooms where your kids are being taught. And we were talking about a lot of teachers seem to show up in these videos on TikTok about how they're teaching the five year olds about gay and trans and sex and all the other stuff. In a recent interview, Tulsi Gabbard talked about a bunch of this stuff. And I'm surprised she's not a Republican. I think she could win as a Republican because she has sanity in her corner, which is something that is hard for any politicians. But she talked about how the government, with all of this woke ideology, is driving a wedge between parents and their kids. She said, quote, I think anything that gets in the way of parents who love their kids, who want what's best for their kids government is getting in the way of they being able to raise their children and impart their values on them is not going to help people electorally. But it is also just further undermining this trend that we're seeing. Whether it is the issue on critical race theory or education or other things, what we're seeing is a government increasingly encroaching on this relationship, driving a wedge between parents and their kids, and taking away parents' rights one by one. This is a dangerous thing. Conservative parents should have the right to raise their kids, impart their values on their kids, without fear of the government saying you're a bad parent. And because you're a bad parent, we're going to take your kids away from you. And quite frankly, she adds, woke parents have the rights to do the same. They have the right to raise their kids, impart their values to them as well, Unelected government bureaucrats in the government in any way should not be encroaching on this relationship and taking away parents' rights. And I think that's a mouthful of all that, but I think she's absolutely correct. And that is what all of this stuff, pushing this stuff into the educational system, is doing. It is taking away the right of the parent to impart the values that they want on their children. When I was in school, it was very simple. You went to school to get an education. You went to learn about math. You went to learn about science. You went to learn about history. You were not indoctrinated with values. Now, if you went to a private Catholic school, well, then you probably had a religion course. But public school was not about imposing any kind of morality, any kind of values that was left to the parents. And that is the way I believe it should be. I think most parents agree they do not want somebody else programming their children with the values that they want them to have. People have the right to raise their children any way they see fit. When the kid gets to the age of 18 years old, they're on their own. They can do whatever they want, they can make a lot of choices, but parents have the right. To be able to raise their children in the best way that they see fit. It is really hard to believe that that is a somewhat radical thing to say here in 2022. I don't know if people are just lazy or what. Anybody that just goes, ah, let the schools deal with it. I don't care about Little Junior. The school will figure out what to teach him about gay lesbian transgender sex ed all that stuff you know, they're doing that in kindergarten that's fine i don't care i just can't be bothered with it it's absolutely insane that is not the job of the school system and this is what the conservative side is upset about teach the children educate the children go through the curriculum And what you have on the left is seemingly a bigger push more and more to include things in the curriculum that are encroaching upon morality, that are encroaching on religion, that are encroaching on a whole bunch of subjects that the school system really shouldn't be involved in. And it's not a new concept to get to the children to change the world. You know your history, you know that the Hitler youth. Yeah, did the same exact thing. And no, I'm not necessarily making that comparison between lefty school teachers and the Hitler youth. But I mean, hey, do your own homework and you can decide if there is a connection there or not. This next story is just a little bit depressing to me on so many different levels. And it's from the Daily Mail. So you always have to wonder if the facts are correct. But this seems to be. Under the headline, Family Builds Giant iPhone Headstone for Their Daughter, 15, Who Tragically Took Her Own Life. A family has erected a giant iPhone headstone for their phone-obsessed teenager after her tragic death. Teresa Risa Matuia, Matutia from Auckland, New Zealand, took her own life in August of 2018. And. They have pictures of this headstone, which is just a little bit crazy, I think. And it's not that I'm a old fogey who's like, ah, headstones should all look alike. They should be very simple, all that. No. But what are you saying that your child is best represented by a cell phone? I mean, it is one of the most ubiquitous things that are out in the world it is personality sucking it is not and i've seen some headstones where it was a uniform kind of a thing for their favorite sports team or if they played a sport that represented who they were having yourself represented by an iphone is a little bit strange to me What's even stranger then is the fact that this was a kid who was obviously depressed and didn't know how to deal with the real world because she was attached to her phone, according to her brother, all the time. The article says the teen was obsessed with selfies, but would also keep her camera rolling to document her life at home and with her friends and post vlogs to her Instagram account. This is again something that parents need to watch for. These devices are toxic, social media is toxic. This kid, it seems had had enough of that world to the point to where she killed herself. So then the headstone you're putting a phone. It's like you don't get it. You just don't understand what helped contribute to the suicide of a girl who was According to her family, addicted to the little device, and it's like, are you not understanding that maybe that addiction to this little device that was the problem? I don't know. I have not seen any tombstones of anybody that was a heroin addict that died of heroin. That they put, oh, let's put some heroin out here. Let's put a picture. They'll love that. Oh, an alcoholic who died because they drank too much. Let's put a bottle of Jack Daniels on the tombstone. That would be a great idea. We don't see that for a reason because it's idiotic. And the fact that this is how a family remembers their daughter who killed herself is just a iPhone screen to me is just really sad. It is not a tribute. It is not cute. It is not something that you remember her personality by. It's an iPhone. People are just so disconnected. I do not get it from reality. I mean, they're really connected to the Internet, which is a toxic place, but they are disconnected from reality. And the best thing I can offer is turn those devices off every now and then, go outside, leave the device behind. And if your kid is constantly attached to that cell phone, make an extra effort to talk to them, find out how things are look beyond the surface and hope that they're not living just in that cyber world. Let them know that there's an actual world out there with people that care about them and that kind of a tragic tale if they're only going to be remembered by an iPhone screen. It's depressing, people. I'm telling you, I don't like it. But uh, we'll close with something a little bit of a lighter story. CNN Plus we talked to you last week about how bad CNN Plus was doing and uh, they've now decided to cancel all external marketing spending which means they're thinking about already just pulling the plug on this thing and leaving it for dead. They're not advertising it anymore. And it's like, yeah, we built this product, we put 300 million into it. We brought Chris Wallace over here. <laughs> and nobody's watching. So they're cutting off spending so CNN Plus Get the paddles. I think they're about ready to pull the plug on it. John Stewart, who I didn't even know had an Apple TV Plus show, I thought this was an interesting article as well. We were kind of ties in nicely to what we were talking about with the streaming service talk a little bit earlier here. John Stewart's Apple TV Plus show, the most recent episode of it, forty thousand viewers. That's not good. That is not good for something people are putting a lot of money into. This show on an average week gets close to a thousand downloads. So 40,000 for the Jon Stewart show. I mean, I guess I'm at least in the ballpark and I don't have a lot of money like Apple's putting into this behind the show. As I said earlier, people have a lot of choices when it comes to what they're going to spend their time consuming, and I appreciate each and every one of you for listening to this show. This show does not have Apple money behind it. It does not have Netflix money behind it. We work on the value-for-value model that we learned from the No Agenda show, and that means we put the shows out there. You decide if you've gotten any value out of them whatsoever, you put a number onto that value. And you go over to random thoughts, r-e-n-d-u-m-b thoughts.com slash donate and get that value back to us via PayPal, via crypto, via snail mail. Or if you're listening on a podcasting 2.0 enabled app right now, you can boost us and magically cryptocurrency will move across the globe from wherever you are to where we are. It's a beautiful thing. On today's show, we'd like to thank a lot of producers for coming in to support the show, but we don't have any, (laughs) but that's okay. I get it. I get it. I'm watching the news. I'm going to the grocery store. I went into a grocery store yesterday to pick up a few things for my mom. And it is not fun out there. The prices and everything have gone up, up and up. So I get it. Belts are tightening. Podcasts are not the main thing you're looking to fund right now, but I'll just say, Hey, if you get value out of the show, if there comes a time where you can support the show, do so. And in the meantime, tell a friend or 12, if you like what you're hearing here, turn them onto the show and help us grow the audience. It is all very much appreciated. With that said, I will be back next week on Wednesday with another edition of the Random Thoughts podcast. But until then, I am Darren O'Neill. Thanks for listening.